Hello and welcome to episode two of the Word on Wellbeing, Meridian Wellbeing's regular podcast talking and discussing mental health, wellbeing and current affairs. My name is Chris Hartley and today I have the pleasure of having a bit of a chat with Karen Morrell, the Head of Mental Health Services for Barnet Borough Council. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, Karen. That's okay. Nice to be here. So, um, bit of a tricky time. We've just come out of our second lockdown of the year. Uh, hopefully we'll, we won't be going into a third anytime soon, but who knows. How's it been for Barnet Borough Council in the last, well, in the, in the last year? Um, as you say, it's been a challenging time. And I think one of the main things that we had to do is quickly think on our feet and look, about, look at how we could continue to support people, but actually looking at different ways of doing that. And we've had to embrace technology and we've had to think differently about how we keep that contact with individuals, but also continue to work with our partners as well, which I think Barnett is quite good at working with our um, voluntary um, sector and our private sector. So a challenging time, but I think we've actually done a fairly good job of still trying to support people. So obviously, uh, so Barnet is in northwest London. So in comparison to some of the other boroughs, uh, what's the kind of makeup of the borough? You know, uh, what kind of... Um, What's the sort of uh, sort of the different types of businesses? Things I, I'm just sort of trying to give our listeners a few, bit of an idea about a bit more about the borough if they're not from the borough themselves. So we're the most populated borough in London. So oh, wow. um, yeah, yeah. So um, as far as businesses are concerned, I mean, if we think about a social care and support network, um, we've got a, um, a large number of. Um, residential supported living um, and care care provisions in, in Barnet. So what we tend to get is that we get people moving into the borough as well from other, um, other, other boroughs, other London boroughs, especially the inner boroughs. Um, yeah, thriving community, um, lots of, um, um, as I say, lots of uh, uh, companies that support the social care network, um, lots of voluntary sector, private, third, third party sectors, mm. which is great for us. Because I think what's important, um, it's been a really challenging time and we have to think that we can't actually do everything ourselves and there's other people going to have sort of expertise to do things to support us when we're supporting people in our community. No, that, that that makes total sense. It's interesting that you you mentioned that you you have a lot of a lot of people sort of um, moving into the borough because of the quality. It sounds like because of the quality of the care, particularly for, for for older people. It's interesting. So does that mean then that Barnet has quite a quite a sort of a, an older population in comparison to some of the other boroughs? Yeah, yeah. Purely by the nature that that we've got some good sort of resources to support older people. I I suppose then, but having an older population brings its own challenges because because it puts uh, the, there's more uh, need from and uh, not that there isn't need from a variety of different uh, individuals but having an older population obviously brings things like social care it bring, uh, brings uh, I suppose like infrastructure and things like that um, so how does the how, how has the council found uh, the, you know the last 12 months what's the sort of council been doing as uh, as far as kind of supporting individuals so you can imagine there's um, a lot of older people that have fe felt well like all of us have felt quite isolated but I think for older people it's actually been um, quite difficult um, as far as um, social isolation is concerned. So what we quickly did in um, the borough is that we identified those vulnerable people that were living in the, the borough 
child that might need support during COVID-19. So very quickly, there was a wellness hub set up and we identified the vulnerable people that were around and we looked at how we could support them, not only ourselves, but working with other um, um, organisations like Age UK Mm. um, to see how we could make sure that people got um, their shopping done um that they got meds that were required so we worked with nhs as well um and um checking calls as well so yeah it's been challenging and of course um it's been a challenge for people that are living with people with dementia as well so we've seen a real rising crisis um where Mm. people are doing their best to support but you can imagine that if you're in lockdown and you've got a partner or a member of the family that has dementia as well it's a real change to their to their routine we've had to really sort of look at that as well I can imagine it's it's strangely coincidental I should say that you mentioned that unfortunately my my father-in-law has very recently been taken into secure accommodation or he has a very um, aggressive form of dementia and unfortunately for for my mother-in-law and the wider family it, it since his diagnosis only only a year ago uh, unfortunately things have become steadily worse and, un- and under the lockdown there has been that kind of uh, more restriction much more time within the house and i suppose when even within support bubbles and with all the best one in the world from you know from the available services whether they be third sector or public sector and things like that there is that kind of there, there, there has there is there has been that impact on mm. those with quite serious illnesses but it, yeah. it, it's really great to hear that, that Barnet has been doing so much out of I, I'd like to think not just necessity but out of because it's for the doing the best thing for the people within the boroughs. I mean there's been challenges because obviously sort of establishments like day services have had to close because of the guidelines around COVID and also you know to try and keep people safe that has been a challenge for people and also the the contact the regular contact that the mental health teams and including the social workers and the community nurses psychiatrists and things have had to feel have had to think differently about how they support people so the number of home visits have reduced um which has been a challenge not only for staff because staff want to be out there they want to be out there and they want to be making making sure people are okay but also obviously for the family and the individuals so um, you know video calls uh, using zoom using phone calls and things have had to be the way that we've had to sort of take on some of that work but I think for for older people but people that have got physical physical conditions as well medical conditions that's been particularly challenging for individuals but the families I've personally got some personal um, experience of that my my mom's got the onset of dementia. And, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, and um, my family are all in Leicestershire, and I'm down here, and I haven't been able to see them. So, mom's um, we've managed to get care in for mom, but she's mm. feeling isolated because my dad is physically um, um, poorly, oh, and oh, he's oh. now in a nursing home. He's had to go into a nursing home, having gone into hospital a couple of times. So, you know, they've been married for 65 years, and wow. um, oh. it's been a real challenge for them to be apart, but a challenge for me not being able to see them as well. No. Of course, of course. And you kind of think how, you know, the families we've been working with must feel and when people have gone into hospital and not being able to see their loved ones. So... I think it's been a wake-up call for all of us, hasn't it? it it's been a challenging time. No, I, I, I think that's very true. It brings me on to some, quite a, something that's quite relevant. That we have all these kind of rules and regulations and things like that, but they're not there because 
you know, because authorities are trying to keep families apart or they're trying to make things difficult. You know, it's it's about trying to protect as many people as they can Absolutely. in the best possible way. And mm. certainly sort of, you know, unfortunately you get these sort of hit, these sort of rather kind of, uh, dan- well, not dangerous, but these rather kind of unhelpful headlines where they are sort of saying, oh, this family was split up and all these sort of things, bits and pieces. And that's really horrible. But mm. one would, you know, the, the government and the local authorities like, like your, your good self, you're trying to help people. Mm. And I imagine there's been a lot of work over the last year from, from Barnet Borough Council that has really made a difference in a lot of people's lives um, and it's a shame that so- sometimes it seems that perhaps all the good work isn't perhaps isn't perhaps as publicized as, as much as it could be well it's sort of it's sort of good news isn't always good news is it to be broadcast yes, unfortunately. You know what I mean? I know what yeah. but there's lots of things that have been going on behind the scenes and you're you're right it was interesting because I was um, listening to something on Radio 4 last night and it was saying it was about bereavement and grief and people that have lost their families lost family members during this year and and how it's challenged their the way that they do things within their religions. You know, for example, you know, having to be usually, um, you know, Jewish people are buried very quickly, aren't they? Mm. And that hasn't been that hasn't been um, possible. And it's how that impacts on 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 families mm. um, and the grieving process as well. So you know, we have um, Barnet have sort of worked with partners around services that help with help people with, with when they're grieving and. We We've also set up other helplines as well to help people if they're feeling mentally unwell as mm. well. And I think, you know, the services that happen at the Meritage Centre is a, a really good um, example about how services have changed to try and sort of work with the impact that um, the, the pandemic has had on individuals and families. And no, still I'm, trying to keep that, you know, still trying to keep that um, support going. No, I, th- I think you're completely right, you know, and there is that sort of, you know, uh, what we, you know, work at the Wellbeing Hub, um, obviously Meridian Wellbeing being the lead provider, but obviously there are other uh, organizations involved is it's that bringing together of both the you know the third sector and the public sector to, to provide um, support and services for you know yeah. for the, for the residents of the borough uh, and obviously uh, like so many things in the last year it's had to had to evolve and yeah. Um, yeah. it's uh, it, you know in some ways it's it, it's um, you know it's been a real kind of um, leap forward um, you know, there's been obviously stumbling blocks like there always are, but uh, it's amazing. I mean, the number of times I, I've said this now, but it's amazing things like uh, like Zoom or Teams. You know, these things have been around for for, for ages, and yet suddenly, you know, we have um, you know the pandemic, and everybody's using them, and everyone's an yeah. expert. And it's yeah. uh, it's yeah. Um, you know, it, in a way, it's amazing that we use the available technology to really kind of uh, continue to do the good work that we're doing um you know and uh and i think also what we've had is what we've seen uh, is that kind of um, a bit of community spirit and people coming together absolutely and each other, which is really absolutely. lovely yeah um, obviously it's a shame that uh, we had to have a pandemic for that to happen uh, mm. and one hopes that the kind of community spirit will kind of will outlast that and will continue and perhaps we'll have a bit of a uh sort of cultural kind of shift or cultural kind of rethink about actually how we how we relate to our neighbors and our communities and things like that but it's, it's amazing how much we can still do uh, online mm. as we are now you know we're doing a we're having a bit of a chat online we're re- recording it it's all being done virtually um yeah. it, it's it's quite amazing it's certainly not the sort of thing that would have happened 20 or 30 years ago no and i think you think what what we need to think is that this has been awful but we can learn something from this and we can actually 
find something positive from this as well. And I've been amazed how different partners have worked together and how we found solutions really quickly. Well, you know, bureaucracy sometimes gets in the way. You know, for me, you know, you can challenge bureaucracy. You can challenge bureaucracy and you can look at different ways of working. Mm. And and I, I think that's something that is really important to take out of. But also, you know, that, that thing that you say um, around, you know, neighbours um, supporting each other. And, you know, when we were all going out on a Wednesday to bang our saucepans and to cheer for frontline workers, that I think, I think that was really positive. Some people might have been, you know, not so positive about that. But mm. I, I just think that's positive because at least we all stood out the front. And for me, you know, I waved to neighbours and mm. I spoke to neighbours that I hadn't spoken to before. And that's really nice, you know. No, I, I completely agree. I think it's certainly sort of Thursday. Thursday. Was it Wednesday or th- Thursday? Oh, wait, maybe it was Thursday. No, no, it's fine. It seems I mean, such a long time ago. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. No, no, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember myself. But no, I can. I think you're completely right. It was sort yeah. of, it was one of those moments where everybody came together uh, for something positive and a great kind of level up. That everyone mm. was there because they they believed in the same thing, and it didn't mm. matter who we were or where we came from. We were coming together as a as a as a nation, as a as a community, and. Mm. You know, mm. showing our thanks for those, all of those who who were risking their, their 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 well-being and in some cases their lives to try and support us all. And mm. I, I I completely agree. And yes, I I do remember waving at people and uh, banging the pots and things mm. like that. And mm. uh, but yeah. uh, I mean, fortunately, my I've got a 20, 20 month old daughter, so uh, oh, right. I think it, it was about eight o'clock in the evening. I think it was, and uh, mm. fortunately, it was after her bedtime, and it didn't wake <laughs> her up. But uh, <laughs> yeah. um, she's a little yeah. bit of a pickle to get back down. But, oh gosh, yeah. But it was yeah. a lovely, you know, it was a lovely, a lovely experience. Yeah. But no, it would be nice if that kind of spirit is kind of, you know, we take that forwards. You know, absolutely. Uh, I mean, and I think when we, for me, definitely when when we were sort of remembering remembering frontline um, workers and things it's really important for me that we think of the mental health and the physical well-being mm, of, of course, the people yes. that are providing the services as well and I've been really conscious of that with the staff that that I manage um, and I line manage and and as an organization I think Barnet have done a fairly good job of doing doing that and mm. making sure that our staff feel supported and that we've considered what would help. So for example, in September, we did a healthy September. So there was um, different events on every day for people to, you know, so there was, I, I do a free online yoga class oh, for staff on a Wednesday. I've been doing that for a couple of years now and I just think it was really important during um, down period. So, you know, I have about, I can have up to 18 people that are online, which is, which is great. But we did, things in the the council like cooking sessions online cooking sessions meditation just a, a natter um i i lead with a colleague in um, public health around mental health first aiders for oh um, really council. Oh. yeah so we've got i don't know whether you know about for mental health first aiders yes it's something that in my previous job the the, the company i worked for something they were very keen on and i i know it's something that it's interesting that you some of the bits and pieces you've talked about and it's 
fantastic to hear the work that the council has been doing to support its staff because mm. you know as you said you know well-being is so important and even those those who've been working and those who've been doing the bits and pieces over the last year you know it really has uh, even if you haven't if you've been fortunate not to to, to become ill or or, or or whatever else there has been a real impact uh, on so mm. many people's well-being and mental health mm. I, I suppose unfortunately inevitably the situation we find ourselves in so it's fantastic to hear that the council have been doing so much to support the, mm. the staff within within the organization and um, it, can no, be so uh, sim- it can be so simple can't it chris yes, you know yeah. so so my, myself and and my colleague tim in in public health we said well you know let's do a couple of sessions where people can just come online and talk about how they're feeling and really well received we're doing another one in december we're doing one i think it's next week actually we're doing another session next week and it's just it's a safe place safe place for people to be able to talk about how they're they're feeling but also Mm. to give some tips to each other about how they're staying well as well oh that sounds great um, that's yeah that's that's a really important thing i i I think Certainly that giving people the ability to feel that they can talk about how things are going and yes. that sense sense of we are in this together. We, I suppose, unfortunately, we all have our own bits and pieces. Mm. Um, mm. And actually, when we when we're able to discuss that in as much detail or as little detail as we want, it allows us to feel m- more less alone and, le- and yes. more kind of like that we are, you know, we are yeah. together. Um, yeah. I, th- I think that's I think that's so important. And you're completely right. These sort of things are so in many ways so straightforward they cost so little and I think certainly we are seeing over the last year certainly sort of um, I mean from our perspective as a, as a charity in the third sector you know we're, we're seeing how other organizations are wanting kind of well-being support mm. uh, and I think you know you're also starting to see more organizations you know particularly in the private sector about how that they can support their staff because yes. obviously they've realized that not only the kind of from a product uh, productivity level uh, um, productivity perspective but also from a uh, if we want to attract uh, and keep attracting staff in future well we need to be providing the be- making the best offer that we can and mm. that, part of that has to be ensuring that the staff feel uh, safe and comfortable and feel supported yeah. the days of just brushing things under the carpet and cracking on I think hopefully are starting to on the wane and um, yeah. we're in this together and if we want to get the best out of people we need to support each other I mean I always think it's important that when we talk to staff that we talk about the services that are out there because I think sometimes people kind of think oh well those services are for people that are using the service that we call yep. service users but you know I mean I know for example the Meritage Centre you, you you're saying if people work for Barnet they can use the services oh, and of course I think it's breaking down some of those barriers yep. as well of people that use the services with mental health issues and us as you know staff or other people and it's like for me I always think anybody can experience a mental health episode and of course, we, yep. we break down those barriers and and I've been saying to staff you can use the services at the wellness center you can use talking therapies you know through your GP it's not something that you should be ashamed of. It's not something that you should struggle with. Um, if we've got a physical illness, we look at something, we look at medication, we look at something that mm. will make us well, don't we? Or activities or therapies that will make us well. And we have to continue to say that's the same if you have a mental health issue. I completely agree. Unfortunately, there is still, you know, there is still a stigma. Yeah. And uh, there is still that kind of perspective of mental health and physical health 
even though yes. they're ultimately they're they are part of our whole well-being as a, mm. as a human being you know that somehow they're separate and then mm. you know they're different and one thing affects everybody and one thing doesn't and actually that's clearly not the case i think you know the, the number i mean we've seen you know repeated statistics over the last year that, that more people are um experiencing mental health crises whether they be anxiety low mood or, or yes well, the, the myriad of the, unfortunately of the human condition, there's so many different bits and pieces that we can that can can affect us. But I, I think that's completely true, and I think an important part of what we're doing here with this podcast, and also also both the work of our mutual organisations, is to try and break down some of that stigma because it's not in anyone's best interest to simply put it under the carpet and carry on. That will in, mm. it ultimately, in the end, it will come out in a very um, a much worse way. You know. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've we've seen a real increase in people that we've never never been known to services during the, the pandemic period seeing people come into the fir- services for the first time and for me what we need to think about is those people that come into those services for the first time what their experience is going to be at that beginning of their journey and I think the likes of our community services and for example um, the network which is our enablement yep. services yep. it's social care it's social care led enablement service where we really work with people at saying okay this is where you're at you know, what What do you want to achieve? How can we support you? And it's giving people that positive experience at the beginning of their journey. I mean, mm. don't get me wrong, people that have been known to services for a long time need to have a positive experience of the oh, intervention yes. that happens. That doesn't always happen, I don't think. We're working very closely with the Trust at the moment to and our partner organisations to look at whether we've got it right and what we need to do to change. And, mm. you know, so, for example people don't have to tell their 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 story over and over again to yep. me and that it's a smooth pathway and I don't I'm being honest I don't think we're there I don't think it's ideal yet but we do keep trying we do keep working <laughs> together yeah and and for me my bit of a mantra is that you, you don't look at somebody as a diagnosis you actually look at somebody and think this person's got a past They've got a present and they've got a future. And if you keep that in your head, then I'm working in a person-centered way with somebody. And we use that person-centered way and people say, well, what does that mean? But it's actually working with the individual and talking to the individual and working out goals, however small, you know, to make them feel better. I, I completely agree. And I think that as actually the fact that, you know, I, I, I think the fact that you are saying, well, we're not quite there yet. Well, I mean, that shows a real kind of, that, that's a sort of reflective understanding, which shows a real kind of progressive thought about where things are going. You know, no, so. <laughs> no, nobody is perfect. That's just the reality. But mm. when we're aware enough to say, actually, I might not be perfect, but I'm trying and I'm learning, yeah. you know, uh, the whole sort of lifetime learning, you know, that that's a much more positive thing than saying, no, we've got it right and everything's because well that's just so actually it's a it's a very positive thing to to to, to see that that uh, the council are learning and moving forward and that's really great because ultimately it's for the benefit of of everyone yeah and we've been we've been clearing the council and we've got a you know we've got a good chief exec and and um, a senior management team that are saying okay what can we learn from this what have we done better what have we not got got right what mm. do we want to keep what do we want to change and and i think that's a really positive culture to work with within that that um 
yeah, we can, we will want to keep some things. We will want to keep some things. You know, for example, the, the, the remote work that we've been doing with people. Now, you know, I think for some people that's a challenge um, and we might need to do a bit of work with how we support people to be able to use technology. And um, But at the same time, for some people with a mental health issue, it's been really positive because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, for some people, they find it hard to go out of their front door because it causes anxiety or they may have a condition which means that you know they can be paranoid and um, spaces crowded spaces can be difficult or going to a meeting or going to an appointment can be difficult so I think there's some really positive things about um, the remote working as well but also considering that some people will find that difficult so I think we need a mixture of of both really we need a mixture of hopefully getting back to that point we can do those visits we can go to people's homes Mm. we can be present we can support them face to face but actually also keep some of that remote working that we've done and the you know the amazing amount of activities that people have been able to access it's great you know through mind through your organization age uk mencap barnet refugee um, service all of you have sort of thought okay how can we do things different and and it's great there's nothing like adversity to kind of to to sort of create innovation Mm. i I think that i think that's so very true um Mm. but as as you said it's not to forget the fact that we are we we are social beings and we need that kind of we do need interaction as, as wonderful as zoom is and things like that it is never quite the same and i mean I I've, do... I've really i've really missed that informal support that you get as a member of staff i've missed that informal support you get when you're in an office with somebody mm. and you can have a cup of tea with somebody and just say you know i've got a really difficult thing that i'm having to manage and and can we just have a chat my team have been really good at making sure that we we contact each other and we you know we talk about difficult things but it's not quite the same as sort of sitting opposite somebody no, and having I know what that you mean. cup of tea and a biscuit and informal chat you know so I think that's been a challenge for people working at home and yep. I mean I've I've been into the office once since the beginning of March so yeah I mean have my cats to keep me company and as I was saying earlier <laughs> they might make an appearance at some point but nothing so, wrong with that we uh you know we this yeah. is yeah we love cats on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's it's a challenge and and I and and I think that that's right. Staff are going to feel isolated as well. I mean, and and it's looking for ways, isn't it, of keeping yourself well and finding different ways of, of doing that to the way we used to in our previous life before COVID. Yeah, no, I, I think that's very true. And that sort of brings me very, uh, very nicely on to, uh, so obviously we've been a year of on and off lockdowns. We've got uh, Christmas on the horizon, um, mm. which is both, uh, uh, you know, both obviously a wonderful time um and also it comes with for many people you know difficulties and anxiety and worry are there any sort of top tips that you could perhaps give to 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 help people with their well-being to keep themselves positive to keep themselves healthy what sort of things that do you do if you don't mind me asking there's there's a few things for me i think um like we were talking earlier we we have to keep talking we have to keep talking um, if you don't feel like talking, then that should be accepted as well. I'm somebody that's quite a social bod. So mm-hmm. that contact 
with people is really important but it's actually sort of for me um it's keeping physically fit as well i mean usually i go to a women's um, fitness club and of course that's been closed they've been doing online classes but i'm not so keen because i spend my whole day sort of online so but for me i've been i've been walking so some mornings i haven't felt like getting up and walking but i've got myself up and took mm. myself out for a walk my yoga is really important to me I love doing yoga and I love actually teaching it as well so for me although you know as I said on a Wednesday I do a class online class for for staff and I, I just love the teaching of it as well because I hope that people go away feeling a bit more relaxed and a bit more positive and things that I love doing are, are cooking and yeah th- those sort of things are really important to me but it's remembering the emotional the mental the physical the healthy eating type thing as well that I suppose they're the tips that I would say we're all going to feel a bit down at times I don't know about you but this second lockdown that we had I found more difficult than the first one because I think the the first one at least we had the sunshine we had the light for me I'm not good in winter anyway so for me this second lockdown where it's dark in the morning when I get up it's dark when I start work dark when I finish work you know it's not so easy then to go for that lovely walk in the forest or go and meet a friend and and keep social distance and going for a walk and catching up it's not as easy is it the time of year that we're in where light now Mm. and then it gets dark about what sometime between three and four I mean it's it's not exactly conducive to kind of a good optimistic outlook on things it's certainly sort of you know I'm, I'm quite fortunate I live in I live in Sussex so we're in you know we're in a fairly leafy and green and tree and cow field area certainly sort of you know the winter with the rain and uh, sleet and hail we don't tend to get snow in the UK well at least in England um, mm. well at least this part of England and obviously it getting dark so early it does make it much harder to kind of get out and, and about in bits and pieces mm. which is difficult mm. um, because I think you're completely right I very similarly you know I'm quite a sort of uh, social butterfly you know I, I do feel when I'm out and about and I don't need to be necessarily speaking to people you know being a, in a sort of around a bit of bustle I do feel more positive more optimistic uh, I, I am the sort of you know I am the sort of person that I do like to see a bit of you know human life going on absolutely and, like and, uh, absolutely. and certainly yeah. sort of this this lockdown has been has been has been more difficult I think I think that's I, I think so and, and I think we've got to remember the people that have aren't so lucky as us the, and oh, the, we've got the countryside around yeah. I mean I'm, I'm just five minutes and I'm in Epping Forest you know oh, lovely. but but I actually recognise that there are some people that are living in flats, high-rise yeah. flats, and stuck in with, as much as you love your family, it mm. can bring the challenges, can't it, as well? I couldn't so. possibly comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just smiling because my daughter's working at home and she's just sort of crawled along the floor so that you don't see <laughs> her on camera. So. Very nice. Hello to your daughter. <laughs> so uh, yes yeah so yes it's, it's challenges but I think it's finding opportunities isn't it as well it's um you know I mean I've been crocheting like crazy and I've never crocheted well I haven't crocheted since I was little and it was really bad then it's improved a little bit but um there's going to be blankets for everybody I think this year that's I, I bought a children's how to crochet for beginners a children's book because I thought that was probably my level <laughs> no, no, the best way to learn the best way yeah. to learn no that that, <laughs> that I, I think you're completely right you know you go you'll you know if you type it in on YouTube and try and find something you'll be like wow this is just really complicated that's you know, start, right start with the basics no no nothing wrong with a children's yeah. guide to do 
doing things it's you know that will take you right back to the fundamentals yeah um, and, and I think it is is finding those those yeah those nice things that you can do I've mm. um I've actually bought a vintage camper van as well so um, oh, wow. it, needs, it needs quite a bit of work doing to it it's like a um, VW um no it's a Tolbert it's a it, it's an old Tolbert I've got the winter to do it up and oh, have it looking the way I want it. Yeah. Lots of crocheted blankets. Yes. Yes. There will be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds lovely. There are, it is about, it is about looking for opportunities. And I suppose we also have to be aware that sometimes it's easier said than done, particularly Absolutely. when people are experience cri- experiencing a, a well-being or a mental health crisis. Um, it's mm. difficult to kind of find those opportunities. Some um, people might not feel that motivated. Some yeah. people might not feel like that. So again, it's just that respecting those individuals of and course. how they feel and, and working I always hope that the staff that I I manage, you know, they always consider how they work with the individual from the individual starting point. And again, I don't think we all get that right, but um, you know, it's something that we need to keep keep in mind. No, oh, I think you're completely right. It, it, it's certainly sort of at the core of what we do at Meridian Wellbeing, which is that ultimately everything we do is for the benefit of the people that we support. Mm. Um, you know, uh, as, mm. a, as a charity in the kind of well-being and the mental health sector, that, that's what it should be. Um, everything we do should be um, about trying to make their lives better. Um, mm. because that's what we're about and I, I think it's as you know I completely agree and I think it's very laudable that that's that, that the Barnet Council has a similar ethos. Yes and you you as charities and third sector have got a real challenge haven't you around your funding and you know how um, people's you know people's finances have been really affected during the pandemic and I'm thinking of charities that rely on donations as mm. well you know that's a real challenge isn't it for people and the funding for you you know for other organizations organizations and the funding for us as local authority as well so I think you know we need to remember that as well um yeah a challenge a challenge (laughs) no I I think that's completely true I think that's completely true certainly sort of uh fortunately funding is not an error I uh, I deal with in my in my day-to-day life uh fortunately because it's very complex but but, uh no no but um uh, but but you are right there are there has been an impact on um not just our sectors but then we think you know things like the hospitality sector you know absolutely uh, we are both as far as so london obviously and sussex we're both in tier two so yes and there are restrictions on so pubs and restaurants they can open but there are restrictions Mm. and things like that Mm. and that will have Mm. a knock-on effect and you know, um, when we already see a number of, um, you know, major, major kind of high street names closing or uh, downsizing and things like that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. What what the next couple of years are, are going to look like, I don't, I don't know. Mm. You know. I want to try and be positive and optimistic, but I am concerned about, uh, I think, I suppose it gets to the heart of what we're talking about, you know, about well-being, the impact of people losing their jobs. You know, that's never been, it's never a nice thing. And certainly in the environment that we, we're all finding ourselves in, it's probably the worst of possible worlds for that to happen. Yes. Um, you know, and that's where organisations like both uh, both the uh, public, both public sector and third sector come in to support people. Mm. Um, but then we have restrictions ourselves, you know, as far as, as you said, funding and things like that. Mm. Um, so I do hope that sort of moving forward, I don't know how we're going to do it, but mm. I think I suppose having uh, something you mentioned earlier, going back to that kind of having that kind of community of you know, different, mm. whether it's public, mm. private, third sector coming together and to support people, because mm. otherwise I don't know how else we can do it. How can we support so many people going through very difficult time absolutely and 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 you wonder how our younger generation are going to you know manage all of this don't you Mm. and and what impact it's going to have on our generation as well um but 
hope with the vaccine. Exactly, we've, yes. We've got the vaccine. I think we have to think positive about that. Still sort of remain vigilant, but the vaccine feels like it's a little bit of a bright light, doesn't it, in the difficult time? The, the first person has been uh, inoculated today. I think it was. Oh, a, right. A, okay. A, a, something on the news uh, this morning about a lady who'd been received the vaccine. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing situation that within you know, the space of not not even really a year, but nine months maybe that we've got to the point where we now have a vaccine um, and it's beginning to be rolled out and things like that. And it really shows it's, kind of how we yeah. can all come together. It's, it's going back to what we were talking earlier around bureaucracy and sometimes bureaucracy gets in the way. And when there's a crisis, actually, you can break down bureaucracy sometimes. And I think that's that that's happened, hasn't it? And uh, people have found solutions fairly quickly. Well, not complete solutions, but you know what I mean. It's, yeah, no, I, I think yeah. you're I think you're completely right. I think you're completely right. It's that sort of, um, we're all just trying to do the best we can. You know, mm. sometimes, mm. Um, it, uh, yeah, it, it's great to see that the, um, you know, I hope this this vaccine will do, will really be, you know, we, that we can start trying to find some sort of normalcy as much as, uh, you know, uh, uh, and start to move forward and try to, uh, I guess, rebuild. It's uh, interesting, isn't it? What what normal's going to be? Because I think normal's going to look very different for us um, as a result of what's happened the last year. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I think no, we I, use I, that I, word a lot, don't we? But no, it is, yeah. I think it is well, interesting. What normalcy will look like, I don't know. Will people be paying upwards of thousands of pounds to commute into London in the future? Well, I think we probably yeah. will. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, it will be difficult to justify it when mm. so many people's jobs have been able to carry on those who have been fortunate enough to obviously work from home uh, which is which obviously we're as we're aware isn't everybody but if a number of our commuters can work from home you know then mm. maybe they will but then that's gonna have a knock-on effect as we've already seen with retail and the hospitality sectors quite that will look like i don't know but i have to say i for one do not miss having to commute into london every day but i've been fortunate i know that not everyone's uh, in the same situation uh, positive to come out of all this is that i've been able to spend so much time with my family which i wasn't mm. able to do before so um, sort of... abs- absolutely and i mean for me um i have to when i'm into when i'm going to work i'm i'm on the dreaded m25 so <laughs> i do not miss that journey at all i know that barnet as a councillor is thinking very differently about working at home because before the pandemic i'd probably work at home one day every fortnight every three weeks and that's going to change it's going to be mm. it's going to become the norm that you work at home and you occasionally go into the office yeah I think that's going to be one of the new norms when we talk about new norms you know yeah no no that, that's very true and also I mean the, the idea of the office I, I mean I know for example my brother's works for a um, like a, a startup they they've given up their office completely all their staff mm. now work from home uh, yes. and you think the amount of money they're saving uh, as yes. a business but then at the same time it, it's not as simple as one business does something and it, but you know it has that kind of knock on that domino effect of affecting other businesses and other people and things like that but certainly yeah. sort of I think we will see I think we will see that kind of reassess you know I think some sectors tend to be more conservative with a small c uh, mm. they you know, they, they, you know, things like banking and law and things like tend to do things in a certain way as they always have. And yes. I think uh, they, they've struggled more with the idea of having their staff uh, not within a central place. Mm. Whereas obviously mm. more kind of, you know, tech companies and more kind of third sector tends to tend, have tended to be more kind of uh, liberal, small L. Yes. progressive um, mm-hmm. but it will be interesting to see whether that will be maintainable because what we might find is 
everybody working from home who can. Uh, and then we find a lot of, uh, I suppose, blue collar jobs where people have to commute in because they have no choice. Uh, but then if you don't have people going into cities, going mm. to the coffee shops and things like that, well, what's going to happen? I, I don't yes. know. Uh, I mean, I've been I've been conscious with um, our, uh, the, the teams within mental health services in Barnet that some some people have struggled to work at home so mm. we put in very strict sort of guidelines and um around social distancing etc and you know um, the the thing has been if you can work at home you you must work at home mm. but for some people for their mental health and emotional well-being they do need to physically go out of the house and they need to physically go to work and and that's what keeps them well ultimately when it comes to uh, like in so many situations when you're dealing with human beings there's no one size fits all you know we have to be flexible and we have to ultimately try and uh, find a way to support uh, uh, you know the kind of diversity of uh, different ways of doing things absolutely uh, because yeah. people are different and different people will like different things thank you very much Karen for joining me today for episode two of the word and well-being we've discussed community treating people as people the delights of crocheting which I will one day <laughs> take up Thank you again, Karen Morrell from Barnet Council for joining me today. My name is Chris Hartley and that was The Word on Wellbeing.